0: Hi, you're listening to It's Gia, Life and Friends, a podcast where I, Gia, talk about life with my friends. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend Isaac. If you don't know who he is, he might be the next rising star in Hong Kong. We're friends from church, so I've known him for over 10 years now. Isaac is a funny, life-of-the-party kind of person who is unashamedly himself. In this episode, you'll hear about how Isaac grew up, what his experience was like moving overseas to hong kong to pursue a career in media and television we discuss our experiences being asian australian and what it's like being a foreigner in the country that you grew up in and the country that your parents are from thank you to isaac for being so willing flexible and open to record with me especially with the amount of work that he has going on and coordinating a recording remotely I hope that you enjoy this episode, whether you yourself have grown up as an Asian Australian, been a third culture kid, or whether you've always lived where you live. Enjoy.
1: It's my first time ever on a podcast, and it's Gia's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I feel so privileged.
0: So today, I have my first international guest.
1: (laughs) Lei Okay,
0: do you want to give like a brief introduction of who you are, kind of like what you do, and also where you are currently?
1: Hi, I'm Isaac, and I'm one of Gia's friends from church. Um, I knew her like since middle of high school, like maybe year nine-ish. I was also infamously... Gia's formal partner, who basically left her to be on the dance floor. (laughs) Um, I recently moved to Hong Kong to work as a producer in TVB, which is, like, a big television studio. basically the biggest one in Hong Kong. And I'm uh, producing promos and advertisements. Usually the stuff that I do is, like, next episode on Breaking Bad or, like, if you've just watched an episode of, like, some kind of drama... We preview like the hook for the next episode. So usually that kind of stuff. We also make a lot of online videos now because that's like the the hit thing and marketing, you know. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So cool. So yeah, I'm in Hong Kong right now. Yeah.
0: I hear you have a new
1: series out. <laughs> with oh yeah. You being the star <laughs> of the it's show. It's been uh, going, making its rounds uh, in Sydney for some reason. Uh, Jackie. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Do you want to like share a bit about that series, or you don't have to?
1: That series? Oh, (laughs) how awkward! (laughs) It's one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the rare times where I don't share stuff that I do from work on my Facebook because it's that, it's kind of awkward and embarrassing for me. But it's also a really fun kind of series. Basically, I go on a date with some. (laughs) female actors from my company because we have a lot of actors and actresses and um yeah we just take them on a date and the funny thing is i don't plan anything at all they plan the whole date so that we can kind of get to know uh what they like to do on a date and wh- wh- who they like to hang out with and stuff like that
0: that's really cool yeah yeah how how can people find this series
1: i uh, just search on YouTube C C T V B like C like is in look It's kind of C, like S-E-E-S-E-E, T V B mm. and search B friend O K A Y, O-K-A-Y. Yeah. <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> you should have um like translated it for them. <laughs> translated all like the whole series with like English subtitles.
0: Yeah. Cause like I, I, I... probably
1: could actually if I'm less busy.
0: I actually like
1: don't understand it (laughs) oh really but did you enjoy it as well
0: well like when I first clicked on it to watch it I legit like did not understand it really like what you were saying except for like what are we doing like let's go eat that like that's (laughs) it and then so I had to ask Eugene to watch it with me so that he could translate it
1: damn (laughs) good work Eugene (laughs)
0: it's still enjoyable without (laughs) understanding
1: the words why is it enjoyable because we get to see you
0: and it's so funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. It's good to see you too. I, I'm We're actually Zooming right now as we're recording. So I haven't seen Jia in like half a year or maybe more.
0: Yeah. But like um, what you're saying about how you you haven't shared the series on your Facebook.
1: Yeah. I'm not putting it on because I feel like it's awkward. Like <laughs> I'm really <laughs> awkward on dates. And especially because I'm speaking in Cantonese on the in the series. And my personality in English and Cantonese is completely different. I'm, like, very timid and weird, like, yeah, in Cantonese. just oh. ca- I just can't deal with my Cantonese. It's just, <laughs> yeah, awkward. I'm a completely different person.
0: Is it because you feel like your English is better than your Cantonese?
1: Definitely. I feel like I'm more shy when I speak Cantonese and um, not as assertive. My voice right now is very assertive. It's yeah. my... It's my go-to, you know, like if I'm really, like this is my, it's actually kind of interesting because uh, my first language was actually Cantonese mm. when I was growing up. But when I hit kindergarten, then that's when they start learning, like teaching. You, I was actually in um English as a second language class, like ESL. I used to be in those classes. And then after like year two, they're like, oh, you don't need to be in them. And then I'm just like speaking English more fluently than Cantonese.
0: Mm. We might like talk about that a bit more later. But before we get into it, what's something that you've enjoyed recently that you would recommend to the people listening?
1: Dude, if you have not tried scuba diving, you should try it. Scuba diving is like another part of my life now. Like there's, <laughs> you know, there's there's work, there's scuba diving, and their sleeve. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's not split like that, like a pie chart. But like scuba diving is a pretty big part of my life now.
0: Wow. Yeah. How did you get into scuba diving?
1: Oh, it, it's pretty funny. It's actually kind of because of work as well. It Actually, was because of work. We had uh, we had a project called Amazing Summer, and originally we were gonna go to Malaysia and shoot like a web series about this girl working in a resort and meeting these Hong Kong people. And they kept like trying different things like snorkeling and scuba diving. And eventually they needed to be rescued. And then the female like saves them. And then they, you know, get together. That was kind of like the story we were going to go for. Mm. But unfortunately, because of some issues, we couldn't film in Malaysia. So we changed it to film in Hong Kong. And it became like a little promo instead. A little, we call it an image, like a one minute like video that goes on TV. But the thing is, before like we knew that we couldn't film. We were organizing with a producer in Malaysia. And the producer was asking us, okay, so you have a whole team coming over, right? Does anyone know how to scuba dive? And literally no one knew how to scuba dive. (laughs) And then so she asked, what about the director? Can he scuba dive? And my boss was like, no, he can't. So the producer was like, how do you expect to film something if you don't know scuba diving? Like, how would this logistically be possible? Mm. So then I kind of went like, bam, okay to do this, I need to learn scuba diving. So we actually learned how to scuba dive in Hong Kong just for that purpose, but we, d- we couldn't get to Malaysia. So instead we filmed it in, in Hong Kong and we still had to scuba dive in Hong Kong and it was actually pretty cool. Like filming as you're scuba diving is a very rare experience mm-hmm. that I don't think I'll ever get again. Maybe fortunately I will one day, but like, let me just kind of like explain to you how it feels. You, you have this actress who's... Oh, my actress is um the girl that I was dating in that first video, actually. uh Honey. She's a free diver, and she's, like, really cool. She can, like, pose underwater. Oh, wow. And there was one scene where I wanted the camera to go uh, orbiting around her, like, from left to right, just orbiting around her as she stood on a pillar underwater. Mm. It's, it's pretty cool because you feel like you're flying underwater. Like, you're you're not limited by gravity, in a sense. You're just hovering in the middle of the air because the water's, like, clear. And then you're just next to the cameraman and you're talking to him like you're both Superman. <laughs> and, you know, she's just, like, doing her thing. And and the interesting thing is you can't talk on the water, so, like, you need to use hand gestures mm. to kind of say, oh, this is a bad take, redo it and stuff like that. Yeah. People should try it at least once in their life. Like, if, you're, if your, like, body is okay for it, like, if you don't have any um you know asthma and stuff then mm. you should really try it i reckon it's one of the most it's like a whole new world literally mm-hmm. a whole new world that you've never been before oh
0: that's super cool that's also like a lot of dedication for such a
1: short like clip yeah you you don't know we actually filmed it for like three days wow three days to film that one minute thing so, yeah Well
0: that's actually crazy like You don't really think about what goes in behind, like, even, like, ads or, like, yeah, promos and stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a really good recommendation. I will have to try scuba diving one
1: time. Yeah, do it.
0: Tell us a bit about where you were born and perhaps, like, what your childhood was like.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I was born in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I had a really good education and, you know, I grew up at church as well. Um, so Mm. I was, yeah, basically raised in Sunday school. Um, Mm. and I feel like I was born in like a, into like a Asian bubble, I guess. Like basically all my friends in Australia are like Asian. Most of my friends. It's kind of interesting Mm. how you can be in a, such a multicultural country, but you're just in this bubble where everyone's Asian. Mm. And you know, like with Asian bubbles, you get everyone who's like, stereotypically asian what does that mean it's like oh this dude's like asian he's smart he's good at maths and you know he plays the piano and violin and stuff like that i I do play the piano and you know learn a lot of instruments at church (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's kind of like the typical childhood of an asian what was your one like jia
0: um well i was born overseas i was born in malaysia and then oh i moved to sydney when i was like five and a half I'm, I mean, like, I remember a lot about Malaysia, like, spending my time attending kindy. But, like, you know, when you're, like, a baby or a child, like, your world is your home because you spend, like, mm. majority of your time at home or, like, mm. if you accompany your parents, like, somewhere. Um, so, like, in a sense, I don't think I, like, experienced Malaysia. I was just in my Malaysian home.
1: In your home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also remember, like... A big part of my childhood... I had a really good childhood. Like, a really big part of my childhood was pop culture. Like, Naruto, Spider-Man, Batman, that kind (laughs) of stuff. But also around that time, there was, like... I was really into Naruto. And really into, like, all this anime stuff. And there weren't any Naruto toys or bleach toys. So what my mum would do... She's a really good, like, sewer. And she's, like, into fashion design. So she would make, like, a little, like kimono for my spider-man oh wow so that i could put the kimono on my spider-man so that he would also i would like bring some like random sword so that he can pretend to be like the character in bleach or like (laughs) i would put like little daggers on him and use elastic bands to wrap them around his uh arm so that it looks like he's holding it and like running around like around my living room just like pretending he's got spider-man but naruto powers that's yeah that's my childhood (laughs) Yeah.
0: A hybrid um, character.
1: Yeah, yeah. How
0: did you how did you get into, like, Naruto and Bleach and stuff, though? <laughs>
1: um, well, actually, the first time I got into Naruto was uh, my sister came back from Hong Kong. We used to visit Hong Kong, like, every year, like, for Christmas. And when we got mm. back, she, like, bought a box set of, like, CD- DVDs of Naruto. And we just, like, watched the first season, and I really enjoyed it. And back then, it was, like, in... Cantonese dubbing but then I really wanted to watch more of Naruto and one of my friends he found like a website online that you can watch it mm-hmm. so then we just started like watching you know all these Naruto and anime stuff online
0: uh-huh. did you like find it hard to find people that like the same things as you did like for example like anime like uh, people at school or like your friend, your childhood friends
1: and stuff I don't think so I mean Growing up from primary school to high school, I always found mm. people who liked Naruto <laughs> <laughs> and like anime. Yeah. Like apart from like the typical like lunchtime playing handball, we mm. would talk about Naruto and stuff.
0: Um, The schools that you went to, like, were there were there a lot of other Asians? Uh,
1: for my primary school, I went to two primary schools because uh, in kindergarten and year one, I was actually, I grew up in Forestville. And in Forestfield, there weren't that many Asians, like mm. probably like a handful in my class of that I can remember. And in uh, from year two to year six, uh, I went to Chatswood Public School, and Chatswood is like Asian Central, right? <laughs> so there's I can think of only like a handful of non-Asian people, like Caucasians. There's so many Asians in Chatswood Public School. Yeah. And then when I went to uh, Knox Grammar for my high school, there was not that many Asians. I wouldn't even say... I wouldn't even say there was 20%. Yeah. Mm. There was more after, like, year 10 because people from Hong Kong and China, they would come to Knox to, like, be in a boarding school and be a boarder. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, there wasn't that many Asians. So Mm. even through high school, I stuck with an Asian bubble. Like, in high school, I found... That bunch of Asians, and I just stuck with them throughout high school. But there were also, like, two different kind of Asians, or maybe three. There was, like, the... We were kind of, like, the anime (laughs) Asians, I guess. And then there were the white, sporty Asians, who, like, were pretty much, like... They were, like, a banana, Banana. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. They were, like... And then there was, like, the really nerdy kind of Asian yeah, that's that's how, like, the cohort was, like, in high school.
0: Did you remember, like, any time in school, like, primary or high school, where you realised that, like, you were actually different to other people around
1: you? I think because I was kind of weird. I had, like, this kung fu fantasy kind of thing going on. <laughs> like, I would... Because I was learning, like, martial arts back then. And sometimes during sports practice, like, I remember clearly... And very vividly that I was in a sports field and everyone was like at a soccer field and I was like practicing Tai Chi <laughs> by myself. <laughs> away from like the other boys and everyone was just like looking at me. <laughs> but it's also kind of like the like the usual ra- like racism that happens in the in the school playground, like, oh he's Asian, he has to go study kind of like that kind of talk, I guess, and I think mm. it's I think for me, I was actually on the better side of it because, um, some people were really like, especially when borders came in, they had really bad English and everyone just mm. kind of put them in their corner and kind of bullied them and stuff. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, why do you think that we gravitate towards people who like are similar to us? So like growing up, we had a lot of like similar Asian Australian friends.
1: Well, I think it goes back to what you said to Jackie last episode. (laughs) Because you're friends out of convenience. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But but I I do think, like, you gravitate to people that are similar to you because conveniently, oh, you have, like, more interests to talk about. So Mm. you, you easily, you know, communicate with them and they know what you're thinking and you know what they're thinking. So you bond easier. I don't think this is, like... An Asian thing. I just think it's because everyone has similar experiences, then, mm. you know, they kind of bond better.
0: Yeah. Like, even, like, yeah. if you are, like, in high school or whatever, like, having an Asian parent is very different to having a non-Asian parent. And so sometimes, like...
1: Oh, my mom was telling me back when I was in, uh, like, a baby and I was in Hong Kong, like mm. a toddler. Uh, my grandma was there and I would keep calling my sister, Seyo! Cell, Cell, 'cause because my sister's name is Selena. And mm. my parents would also call her Sel because that's like a nickname. But my grandma would correct me, like saying, like, You have to call her sister. You can't call her Cell, Cell, yeah. Cell. So that's like a very um, reinforced thing in our culture, I think.
0: Yeah, really big in yeah our culture, like the age and like the hierarchy thing. And yeah. Yeah. So even like little things like that, like from our Asian culture, or like our parents' culture, has influenced how we've been brought up. And so, yeah, that already is like very different to non Asian people's like childhood, or like what how they're brought up in terms of even like values and stuff.
1: Like, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, I thought of another thing why Asians usually hang out with Asians. Oh, yeah, it's because usually you're, um, let's say, like. In primary school, you don't get to choose like whose house you get to go to or who you get to hang out with on the holidays because you don't have the kind of freedom of like driving or like going out to take public transport because your parents would be uh, protective of you. Instead, it's more like your parents' friends and your parents' children, mm. and usually your parents. If especially if they're coming from a different country, their English probably wouldn't be as good. And they would probably find people who can speak their own language or, you know, have the same or similar experiences. And usually that's another Asian parent. So Asian parent plus Asian parent means their kids also, you know, bond together. And I think a lot of my really old friends, like Brandon, that's how it started because Asian church and then Asian parents and, oh, hey, we both have children at the same time, Mm -hmm. like similar time. And so bond. Yeah. Same with Eugene, actually, like similar age. And then, oh, we have kids. Hey, let's bring our kids together and they can play. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: especially in church as well, if like your parents are from like the church or like have like a a kind of like a set community, like those relationships are still there. So like naturally, you're just going to like grow up with your parents, friends, kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. What were your experiences like being an ABC, so an Australian-born Chinese? Did you feel like you wanted to kind of like be more integrated into Australian culture or Asian culture?
1: The only thing you ever think about this question in your life is when you're different? Hmm. It's interesting because when you're an ABC, you kind of get to pick who you want to be associated as. Hmm. Like in Australia, I would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Hong Konger, yo, you know? like that would be my swag. Mm. But then in Hong Kong, your swag would be like being a, an Australian. Yeah, that that would be like your your cool thing. Mm. So it's interesting how you just like switch depending on which country you're in. Yeah. And I think that's like more prominent when I started working as well, working in Hong Kong, mm. cuz that was like the big difference cuz everyone was like, "Oh yeah, you're you're like a a guaylo." But like I'm not really a guaylo, but in a, in a way, I am because like I'm from Australia. Gwyl like a white dude, but like you know slang. Um, yeah. So I would associate, I would associate as being an Australian in Hong Kong. What about you? Like you would probably say you're Malaysian, right?
0: Yeah, it's like funny that you asked me this because recently I've actually been thinking about. I remember because a lot of my friends towards like the late high school period and beyond were like other abcs Mm. and majority of like my friend asian friends at school and then my asian friends at church probably like all of them were from hong kong and so it was like a very strong like identification to hong kong and like you know there'll be discussions about oh going back to hong kong like in the summer holidays like you know talking about that and stuff but like i had only been to hong kong like once at that time I kind of was like, okay, no, like, I'm Malaysian. And I felt like I had to be quite patriotic to being, like, Malaysian, even though like I had only spent, like, five and a half years there. And I only went back, like, once every few years. I don't even, like, speak the language. But then after my first year of uni, I went back to Malaysia for a couple months. And I actually had an internship um, at, like, a big company there. And so it was... So different because I was like not Malaysian at all. Yeah. I couldn't speak Chinese. I couldn't speak Malay. Like, I didn't know any like Malaysian culture except for food because like food is something that you just eat. But like, yeah. I didn't know what like the etiquette was. I was like really an like a foreigner and people like saw me as a foreigner because I was the person who, yeah, like had a Australian accent, I couldn't speak, and, like, I was asking, like, dumb questions because, yeah, I, like, just didn't know what the culture was like. I even remember um, I had to send a bunch of emails to really important government officials as part of, like, Whoa. my internship job. Right. And in Malaysia, there's different... um the honorary titles. So, you know, like, in Western culture, there's, like, Sir something. But in Malaysia, there's, like different levels of that and so i didn't know what they were and so i thought that it was just like um a name and so i thought that you could shorten it and so i like took off all these like honorary titles when i was like sending these emails and then the big boss came to me and is like you cannot do that because that's like kind of like downgrading that person and i didn't know so rude yeah i (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this um yeah so like so that like was like a fun. spit in his
1: face to him right
0: yeah it was actually that it was Dang. like as if i was like spitting in
1: his face it's so interesting that you would associate being malaysian even though you've only been like there for five years in fact i would associate myself as a hong konger even though i've never really lived in hong kong for like a long time like you lived in malaysia at least for five years and I'm, i would i would know a lot of people who were like probably never been to hong kong or like you know been a china or whatever and they would associate themselves as chinese or hong mm. kong
0: i don't know if it's because like you kind of feel different in australia and so you kind of kind of reaction to that you you kind of like own it you're like yeah i am different i'm from hong kong, hong kong or like yeah. i'm from malaysia um but then like what i realize is that I actually like don't identify with being Malaysian and like it was so dumb of me to try to be so patriotic when I knew like zero things about Malaysia. But actually oh. like how I identify myself now is like I am like ABC basically or like Australian raised Chinese. Owning yourself to be kind of like this new culture.
1: Yeah. You're like an in-betweener. Yeah. In-betweener. in-betweener that's
0: <laughs> a good term. Now that you are in Hong Kong like do you still kind of label yourself as Australian, and so, like, do people
1: know you as the Australian guy? Yeah. Actually, it's kind of interesting because at first, when I was applying for this job, I actually came to Hong Kong to do the interview, and Mm. 80% of the job interview was just my boss asking me, how much Chinese do you know? Do you know how to write Chinese? Do you know how to speak Chinese? If I told you to write this down for, like, a form... Do you know how to fill it in? Do you know how to write nightgown? Like she was literally testing me. Oh, and, wow. Like just finding different ways of asking me how to like, if like how my Chinese level was. Mm. And so when I got the job, I actually kind of felt like a pressure to impress people and, uh, you know, really like pretend that I know everything. Like I know all this Chinese stuff and uh, I know like what everyone is saying. But that kind of, in a way hindered me in terms of learning mm. um, like more Chinese because you were pretending to know Chinese so you wouldn't like ask that many questions but once I started to own who I was I was an ABC like I'm an Australian born Chinese I don't really know Chinese but I'm here to kind of try mm. and learn more that's when I started to learn more like when I accepted who I am how did you decide
0: that you wanted to like pursue a career overseas like what are what were some of the factors that drove you to like move to Hong Kong instead of just staying in Australia?
1: For me, before I was so I've I've always really wanted to do like video stuff. Mm. Uh, I was a video uh, I was a videographer for weddings for a while uh, during uni, but I was kind of because I also like to make YouTube videos like short videos, and I used to make videos for church, and that was pretty fun. Mm. And I I like making videos where I make the story and make that story happen like a fiction thing Mm. so i was kind of getting bored of uh you know wedding videography so i wanted to try something else why didn't i choose to work in like tv in australia because i knew no one would ever watch tv in australia um i also wanted to become like an actor and i knew in australia asian actors don't really make it i think yeah or just yeah Australian actors in general, I didn't think would make it. But now, like, look at Chris Hemsworth and, you know, Hugh Jackman. But they were like, you have to go to America to be good kind of thing. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to be an actor. I also just really wanted to brush up on my Chinese and learn more about what a Hong Kong person would be like, a Hong Konger. Mm. There's more complicated things to do with being a Hong Konger now than just, you know, learning more Chinese
0: which yep. <laughs> let's not get into.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neck <Next> minute blacklisted. <laughs> it's Jia.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because like, yeah, even like the acting pursuit or like the more like media pursuit, I think you saw that it would have just been an easier path in Hong Kong mm. than Australia. Like there's probably going to be more opportunities for you as a Chinese person In Hong Kong rather than in Australia. Yeah. Even though you grew up, you were born and grew up in Australia.
1: Yeah. And it's Mm. interesting how I see a lot of people who are in the reverse boat that I am in. A lot of people from Hong Kong, they want to move to Australia and they want to pursue a job in Australia and live in Australia. But they would find it hard to find a job in Australia because they're Asian, you know? Mm. And they would always ask me, like, you're, you already had a good background in Australia. Why did you have to come to this hole in Hong Kong? Because, <laughs> you know, like the, the, it's not really like a good environment to be in Hong Kong right now. Mm. Um, so they always ask me like, why? Why do you have to do this? And I give them those reasons and they're like, oh, okay, you're, you're like an idiot. <laughs>
0: yeah. What was it like moving back to Hong Kong then when you yeah started working?
1: Fortunately, my parents were already living in Hong Kong during uni, so I just moved in with them. Mm. And I think the first few months of just like staying in Hong Kong was kind of like a a fun thing to do. It was kind of like I was still on holiday in a way and I would go, go around. I used to like vlog a lot in Hong Kong and it was pretty <laughs> fun to like, oh, hey, I'm like a YouTuber in Hong Kong. Now. No one knows, but like this is so fun because I'm making videos. And then when I get into this workplace, like apart from like the whole language thing, the whole environment is different. Mm. Like the speed that everyone moves, the speed that people work in and the amount of work and also the, the amount of privileges that you have as a employee in an office, in a company is so different to working in Australia. You know, apples to apples, it's a lot lower pay in Australia and also the Mm. privileges you don't get um as many days of leave Mm. I only get 12 days of leave a year wow and people get like 21 when they start in Australia right and I remember um like first working here I actually cried once because Mm. of the amount of pressure of working here there was this shoot that we had to um organize it a kind of like ancient china like a historical kind of promo and there were so many things that i didn't know how to organize so like for props i didn't know what period there were so many props and costumes and stuff that i needed to organize that i just kind of broke down because i had so much pressure going on Mm. there was not a lot of time to organize this stuff as well i had to like edit all this promo stuff at the same time as organizing this shoot and to make it worse during that time, like every year, our company kind of has like a, a company-wide hot pot that they would have in like the big car park area. And I remember everyone was going to that hot pot and I was just stuck in my office, just like writing down forms. Mm. And when I got back into the bus, the company bus to leave, I just like everyone was like, it was, the bus was filled and I was just like, forget it. I'm just going to break down and cry. Mm. And people were like staring at me, but I like didn't care. It was like the most emotional moment for me because I was thinking in my head. It was just going around in my head. I had a really good thing going on in Australia, like a really stable lifestyle. And I gave that all up for this kind of stuff, like this kind of pressure, this kind of life. Why would I do that? But I think like after that, after I cried, uh, I just took like a concrete pill, which means I just hardened up. And (laughs) I know Hong Kong life is like this. You OT all the time. You don't get extra pay for OT. I just kind of sucked it up and, you know, now I'm working here on Saturday, <laughs> which is not a good thing, right? Like there's a whole bad... In Australia, you have a really good work-life balance, but in Hong Kong, it's just like... And I think the, the biggest thing that you need to kind of get to grips with mm. is your friends are in a completely different space now. Mm. Like all my friends in Australia are in Australia and I'm in Hong Kong and... I don't think if you are like if you're listening to this and you are considering moving to Hong Kong, you really need to think of what you have now in Australia and whether you do want to kind of give up friends and stable and balanced lifestyle in Australia. I think one thing I noticed the most was that friends are really hard to keep especially if you're overseas. Like it's hard mm. enough as it is to keep up with friends when you go through different life stages. But when you're overseas, it's completely different because you need to actually make an effort to contact them, to write to them, Mm. to message them, to see what they're going through. And I'm a really bad person at remembering what people are doing, like Mm. what jobs they're doing. And especially if they're like changing education and jobs all the time, I just lose track because... You know, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I would say that it's kind of like... Have you watched Interstellar? Yeah. Interstellar, spoilers alert. Um, <laughs> there's like a scene where Matthew McConaughey is kind of in space and they had to go to this planet where the gravity is different and so that it affects the time. So when he goes back from his space mission and sees his daughter again, His daughter is actually older than him. Mm, And in in a sense, that's kind of how I feel on an amplified level. Like I'm in Hong Kong. I'm on a different planet. Australia is another different planet. Yeah, we can communicate like how they communicate. But the time is so different. And Mm. whenever I visit Australia, it's like I've not changed in terms of my timeline. But Australia has changed so much that it's pretty much not how I remember Australia. Mm. It's like a different planet. It's like, especially because you were growing up with a certain bunch of people, especially like a church or whatever, and you see them growing and they're growing at like a constant speed. And then you suddenly, you like, travel, whoop, and you go back, whoop, and then, whoa, what? You're married, what? You have kids, what? You have a house, <laughs> and yeah. what? What happened to... Uh, you know that shop in Mandarin center. Oh, what <laughs> it's like it's like reclining seats at Heights now. Look, like, that's like the the small <laughs> stuff. But like, you you kind of in a way are dissociated from your friends. Like, I think going to Australia is really weird now. Cause I used to be an Australian. I moved to Hong Kong, and now I go back to Australia in like a holiday kind of mode. I like. I feel like an alien, even though I have grown up in Australia. It's just so different. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's like you're, all your memories from Australia, obviously from that certain point of time. But because you, like, you're gone, when you come back, you're like expect it to be like your memories. But obviously, yeah, like a lot of things change, and yeah. like people's lives, like yours, are moving on. Yeah, exactly. And because you don't see them like frequently, it seems like such a big change yeah if you saw someone like frequently you'll see like those mini changes and you'll be like up to date
1: yeah and you have those moments where you just kind of like you're sitting on the train and you're like zoning out and you're like thinking back at your experiences in australia and you're like was that really me or was that an alternate reality (laughs) that i'm remembering that someone from the multiverse is like beaming to me (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like i'm in an alternate universe here Yeah, that's how it feels like.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. How then, like, do you actually, like, maintain your friendships and, like, keep up to date with people? And also, like, how have you found making new friends in Hong Kong?
1: How I keep updated with what my friends are doing is basically just social media. And that's, like, Mm. the only point of contact that I have. Like, not even, like, a direct message. That's, like, usually how I get updated, like, oh, you're engaged, you're engaged, you're engaged, you're all engaged, ah! <laughs> But, like, you know, also, like, oh, I, I really appreciate the friends who do make an effort. Because, as I said, I'm mm-hmm. not a person who uh, is good at keeping up with friends, but there are some friends who, uh, for the five years that I've been in Hong Kong, they have sent a birthday card to me every time it's, like, oh, my birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and also, um, I, I, uh, I appreciate when people come and visit Hong Kong and, you know, we can catch mm. up, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's really hard. In terms of making friends in Hong Kong, it's not as hard as keeping friends. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, I guess, I guess on one sense, you really miss the deep connection that you have with your friends in Australia because it's kind of like... Mm you had a really long relationship and, you know, it was stable and then suddenly the roots are chopped and then you don't have that Mm. tree anymore, you know. That's a bad analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Or like the soil has become very uneven. So you feel like...
1: Yeah, yeah. As the tree. Like when I make a friend now in Hong Kong, it's never going to be as deep as the friend that I made in Australia. Mm, Yeah. And now that friend is, like, not as close as they were before. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, one thing that hits hard.
0: Where do you see, like, your home then? Like, do you see yourself coming back to Australia? Or do you see yourself, like, yeah, living in Hong Kong?
1: I definitely think I want to go back to Australia one day. Like, if I want to have a family and stuff like that. Mm. But I was also talking to another friend who has done that step he used to live in Korea mm. and now he's moved he's moved back to australia right and he was he was sharing to me how um when you move back to Australia, the first month it's like oh yeah, welcome back, we miss you stuff like that, and then people move on, and now you're starting from zero again, you know right I think that's a something to be something I am kind of scared of, I guess, like when you go back and you know, everyone's completely different and you're still trying to fit in. That might be an interesting thing to go with. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with your friends. Remember to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever streaming platform you're using. Continue to discuss with your friends. There's so much to talk about in terms of growing up ABC, living as a foreigner or not fitting in, and so much more that Isaac and I didn't have the time to talk about. I would love to know what you think. Please share your thoughts with me on Instagram at itsgia.podcast. See you guys next time.